if I were to give advice to anybody about startups, surround yourself with people who are smarter than you are. Mm -hmm. And I've done a lot of that. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Idaho Speakeasy. I'm Mike Turner, and we're on a mission to uncover and share the stories of Idaho's finest entrepreneurs, community leaders, local icons, and those who are impacting our community. Today in the speakeasy, we have Kevin Quinn. Kevin is a co-founder of Alert Squad, an app that serves as an emergency alert system. Um, and I come to find out a lot of real estate professionals are actually using this. And it's something that uh, uh, is one of actually many projects Kevin is working on right now. So I drug him in here to the speakeasy to learn more about it. Kevin, welcome. Hey, thank you. appreciate it, Mike. So, Okay. Um, so, I, so you're, you're working on some apps. I know this a little bit about from your intro. Um, and so, but before we dig wide into that, I want to let the audience know who, a little bit of backstory of who they're hearing on the radio right, right now. Right. Okay. Well, I wish I had something exciting for you. Just a uh, local guy with a lot of crazy ideas. <laughs> and uh, I, was help, I, was, uh, I was able to bring a couple of those crazy ideas to fruition. Okay. And uh, so we've launched a couple of apps. Um, we've got, uh, shoot, we have. Seven more. Okay. So you have in the wheelhouse. seven plus apps coming in. <clears throat> yeah, the works. we have two that are live currently okay. in the app store. We have seven more coming down the pipe. Okay. Uh, local guy. Um, are you, you from? Know, are you from actually? Yeah, well, Idaho, you know, we, yeah, we moved to uh, we moved to Idaho from England when I was seven. So I was born in London. My mother's from England. She was raised in a. Uh, I'm not noticing any accent. No. You know what's funny is I had an accent as a kid. Okay. And, and in fact, when I, I go, bet you would. Yeah, yeah. When I go back to Europe. You pick it up right Yeah, up. When, when I land in, in England, my for some reason, my brain clicks in. Mm-hmm. My ex-wife always used to look at me, and she'd be like, shut up. I'm like, what? She's like, you're using some fake accent. I'm like, I am? Anyway, to make a long story short, my brain remembers it. So, I mean, I lived, sure. in, yeah, I lived in England until I was seven. Uh, my mother was uh, raised in a Catholic convent. So, you know, she's very English, born there. I was born there. Uh, we moved here uh, to Mountain Home Air Force Base, uh-huh. where uh, my father was uh, obviously... Involved in the Air Force, uh, late 70s, moved to Boise. So I've lived in Boise pretty much ever since. Outside of a, a few years, my ex-wife drug me to Utah, mm. and I found my way back. Did I read in your bio you did spend some time in the military? Yeah, I uh, spent uh, four years in the Marine Corps. Mm. So I was attached to, uh, this is probably the one and only claim to fame I have. Okay. Outside of this, I'm just a boring guy. But uh, I was attached to HMX-1. I was Attached to the Marine Marine One helicopter unit that served the president. Oh wow! So when you see the uh, the birds that land at the White House, that was our unit. So wow. I lived in in uh, Virginia. I was stationed at Quantico and uh, was aboard the Marine Corps Air Facility in support of the president. Wow. Okay. That's many sent- many years ago. Yeah. Right. Well. Okay. So how did you transition from that type of work into the kind of work you're doing today? I mean, that seems like yeah, a pretty big. Yeah. See. So I let's see. I got out right after the Gulf War. Uh, moved back to Boise. What year was that? 91? So I got out uh, June of 91, came home, um, thought for sure I was going to get back in college and finish my college degree and and uh, somehow ended up out at Micron, a little company just outside of Boise here. Company. Yeah, yeah. A little company out there back in the heyday. And uh, after you know a little while out there, I realized, okay, maybe this isn't for me. Um, what kind of, kind of work were you doing? 
I worked in the marketing department out of Micron. Okay. And uh, corporate marketing can be great, can be fun, but mm -hmm. it's also corporate marketing. Mm -hmm. And so I stepped outside of that and went to work for my first tech company, a little company out of Salt Lake City, opened a Boise office. And uh, I took my first real sales position in technology. Uh, spent the first week learning how to break down a computer and build a computer up from the motherboard all the way up. Didn't know anything about tech, but that was a way to teach me tech. So I literally spent the first week breaking apart desktop computers, big, bulky desktop computers, mm -hmm. and building them back up and making sure they still worked after. And you that still was, teach people that way, by the way. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, this is, oh, that was 25 years ago. Yeah. You know, if you, so if you can imagine what a computer was like 25 years a ago. A lot different. Yeah. Yeah, a lot different. The parts are bigger back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. So I certainly <laughs> learned, how to, I learned how to make computers. You know, that, that was back, oh, I think Windows 3.0. One, 3.0 was like the first operating system back then. Mm -hmm. I was dialing into AOL.com back in those days right. for internet, right. you know, that. and mm -hmm. hopefully nobody called the office because it would kick me offline mm -hmm. using, what was it, 2.4 modems? <laughs> and anyway, next thing I know, I was up to like a 14.4 modem. Yeah, there's a lot of people have never heard that screeching sound. No, yeah. no one yeah. understands. My kids yeah. to this day would never understand what I went through. <laughs> Yeah, I could have graduated high school and college a lot easier with the internet. But, right. you know, uh, that's how I cut my teeth back then learning sales mm. and really started selling at that time what was considered audiovisual technology. So I'd go to the Simplots and the Oridas and all these local companies and we would install these $25,000 LCD projectors into their conference rooms and you had to shut all the lights off to see the image. That's mm. how bright they were. Mm. You know, in today's world, you can have full light, ambient light, sunlight. For, you know, a couple of thousand bucks installed in a conference room. So imagine, you know, 25 years ago, we're putting in these super bright projectors. And mm. uh, that's how I cut my teeth in AV. So mm. it evolved, started selling locally, ended up going to work in 98 for a, an actual manufacturer of technology. And in sales still? In sales. Mm -hmm. I've spent, you know, 20, almost 25 years on the sales side, primarily tech, tech and hardware. And that's where I cut my teeth starting in 91. Mm. Um, loved it. I love hardware. I love the, uh, the hardware and the software sales side of it. Still do. Technology changes every day. And it's been, uh, it's been fun. And, you know, now that we've kind of stepped out and started creating our own apps. Yeah. How, what, was the, what was the turning point? What got you, like, making you know, a leap? Yeah. Um, just like the real estate industry, what, 10 years ago? Mm -hmm. Nine years ago, mm -hmm. when it had its downturn, so did the tech industry. Everything was affected back then. And in 2012, you know, the kind of the writing was on the wall for the corporate company I was working for. Uh, they laid off the top four people in the company. I was, you know, directing sales for a big manufacturer. Three years later, they had filed a bankruptcy. But for that company, you know, shoot, we were doing, we were small, $250 million a year in that industry. <laughs> but, you know, uh, the tech company took a dive or the tech industry took a dive. And I went to work in the uh, commercial insurance industry. And uh, it allowed me to stay local. Uh, you know, I used to travel a lot on business. And uh, kind of got to understand some of the pains that some of these business owners were going through. You know, you get out there and you start talking with them about their insurance and you really start to vet, you know, where they're at and what they need. You start to understand a little better on some of the pains they're going through. So for us, I listened. You know, they mm -hmm. were having, uh, well, I guess their biggest complaint, I hate to say this, hopefully nobody from the state's listening, but they had a big complaint about uh, work comp insurance mm -hmm. and felt they were getting screwed over on work comp insurance. So, you know, we really started to break down where their pain points were in work comp and in 
and how that affected as well their general liability because your work comp even though it's work comp can still play into your your general liability hmm. and the way they uh, they quote it as well so you know we i found a niche i found a way to help them save money um with an app versus having to hand write uh or, or maintain hand notes of their work days so with Exact Plus, we were able to um, we were able to take this little app that allows their employees to switch between job codes throughout the day, not understanding that they're actually changing their job code, and all those job codes code differently. So for work, workman's comp or general liability, um, they were just you know if if you turned in a forty hour work week, they would always quote insurance based off of the highest job code associated with that employee. Okay. For us, we can now monitor two or three different job codes throughout the day. Like, give me an example. So, like a different guy. Yeah. Coach. So, let's say I'm a roofer. I've got a guy that's up on a roof. Okay. Um, that guy, when he's up on the roof, right? That's a dangerous spot. Dangerous spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to mitigate risk, the insurance carriers quote him pretty high on the mm-hmm. 40 hours he puts in during the week. But not all 40 hours are spent on that roof. Right. He can spend you know a couple hours a week at Lowe's. He mm-hmm. can spend you know two or three hours a day driving. He can spend an hour at the office before and after and so we can take those three four five ten hours a week and we can break those out of a 40-hour work week and actually code those accurately based on the actual time worked in the job code and then we can also tie that to a gps location so for an insurance carrier when we actually aggregate a report at the end of the quarter and we send it to them they can look at that report and say sure enough out of that 40-hour week we pull 10 hours out. So 30 hours will be coded at the highest rate associated for that employee. And the other 10 can be coded at this lower rate, which is a fraction of the cost Mm -hmm. of what the other 30 hours are being coded at. So what we're able to do for these service related companies and other uh, high risk industries is we can save them a lot of money on their general liability and their work comp insurance. Hmm. And we're seeing some, some very substantial savings for them. So that was the first app. First app. Yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't sound sexy at all unless, no. you, unless you're a business owner. If right. you're a business owner, you understand the pain. Well, no, you're usually that's what you're doing is you're solving a, some sort of problem. Right, right. yeah. So uh, that was the first app. Second app, just, you know, last summer, uh, watching the news, I was having a glass of wine with a friend out at a local uh, wine establishment, and I saw a news report that a local real estate agent here was just sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, got to doing some digging online and found some details around it and realized that, you know, she had stated that uh, there was nothing she could do until the assaulter left the house. And so it caused me to, you know, do some real digging um, into just the statistics around sexual assault mm-hmm. and the industries. Mm-hmm. So I came up with this crazy idea for a mobile Bluetooth 911 button, you know, mm-hmm. that goes on your keychain. So it is tied to an app. You know, it works up to 150 feet, so half a football field from your phone. But your phone, mm-hmm. let's say you're a real estate agent, your phone can be out on the front counter and you're showing a home. If you've got your keys in your hand as you're walking around the house, if something sketchy starts to happen, there's a whole process that we've got built into the app that is engaged when you trigger that button. So mm-hmm. again, 150 feet from the phone, you can double click it and your phone begins recording audio. So the biggest thing for police and for courts Right. In a situation that involves somebody who's committed an assault, a lot of them become a he said, she said. Mm-hmm. Truly is. Right. Um, that's what the statistics show. It's a he said, she said. Uh, we try to record as much audio as we can of the situation. Is so, that from your phone or from the actual? From pop? the phone. Okay. From the phone. Mm-hmm. So your phone's recording audio. Mm-hmm. Uh, we pick up, you know, we've actually, we've got people that have actually had to trigger 911 alerts with it already. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, my dream when we, you know, uh, it's very unrealistic, but my dream when, we came out with this was that nobody would ever have to use it. 
-hmm. Unfortunately, they have. And Mm -hmm. I'm fortunate that it worked and Mm -hmm. that police were in route. So police Mm -hmm. have shown up. Um, when it was used. So it triggers the police? Does triggers it, the police. Does it trigger anything else? Or? Yeah. So, you know, when you first install the app, it's iOS and Android. When you first install the app, it's going to ask you some information about who you are. Okay. So you install the app, you walk through a process that says, you know, I'm Kevin Quinn. This is where I live. This is what I drive. This is my license plate number on my vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a picture of me. Okay. Um, here's my blood type. Here's mm-hmm. some conditions I might have. Maybe I, maybe I deal with PTSD. Maybe I deal with anxiety. Anything that I want a first responder to a know. Heart condition. Heart conditions. Right. Right. If I've got medical conditions, it's all it's all in the app. Uh, we've also learned that you can put information in there. I hate to say this, but for um, you know um, uh, active shooter situations, if I'm a teacher in a high school, I can put all that information. But I can also say that I'm in the west wing of Boise High School in room 202. If I send an emergency alert, the police now know that the teacher exactly in the at. west wing in room 202 just sent an emergency alert. Mm-hmm. So they know where they're going in the school as well, mm-hmm. you know, if something does happen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, separate of that, you put all that information in in the app, who you are, medical conditions. We can't see it. It's stored locally on your phone. So all that data is safe until you actually need it. And when you need it, that's in an, a 911 situation. Mm-hmm. So you, you add the data on who you are. Uh, secondly, you build out your squad. So, you know, alert squad, you get five people in your squad. Number one is always going to be the police. So 911 is number one in your slot. Your other four can be anybody you wish. So if I'm a real estate agent, I can list my broker as number two. I can put my spouse as number three. Mm-hmm. I can put a kid as number four. I can put a neighbor mm-hmm. as number five. I can build it out any way I want. If mm-hmm. I'm a college girl on campus, uh, if I'm a parent here and my daughter's going to school in Utah, obviously I'm going to worry about what she's, you know, what's going on, her situation. Being a dad of two millennial daughters, this was a concern for me as well. Uh, they're off at school, you know, so for them to have a fob, you know, um, it, it helps me with a little bit of peace of mind. Mm-hmm. But they can put all this information on who they are. They can build out their squads. So if I'm away at school, they can put a trusted professor. They can put the dorm RA. They can put their roommate in the dorm. Mm-hmm. If there's ever an emergency, uh, there's all this information on, on who is going to be contacted. And then once you put all the or once you build out your squad, you connect the fob. Once the fob's connected, like I say, I hope you never have to use it. Right. But if you do, right. there's some things that happen. If you mm-hmm. double-click the fob, it mm-hmm. records audio. If it escalates to a situation that's gone from a sketchy situation to a, an emergency, a physical assault, a sexual assault, mm-hmm. or just a medical emergency, if you hold it down, depending upon the model of phone you have and the operating system that's updated, it could take anywhere from about two to four seconds for that fob to engage. Once you've held it down for that two to four seconds and it engages, we do a few things. First. We start a 911 phone call from your phone. You don't have to. You don't have to touch your phone. 911 is being dialed. Um, we send a clickable link with all that data that you entered into your app goes to the police in a clickable link. So when mm-hmm. first responders show up on scene, they know who they're looking for. They know the make and model of your vehicle. They know your medical conditions. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're unconscious, they know your blood type. They know your allergies. There's a lot of things that they know about you when they arrive on scene, and then we. We also send a text message to all the other members of your squad. So mom, dad, employer, sure. whomever, just got a text alert that says, Kevin's in an emergency. They click on the map, and it shows them exactly where you are when you sent that alert. Okay. So that's the that's the foundation of it. Okay. And uh, in our next release of our software, without giving away too many IP secrets, right. we're building out kind of a, I guess you'd consider it more of an amber alert system, but built around physical and sexual assault, whereby when the alert goes out, 
Um, if let's say, you know, the police are nine minutes out, but five houses down in that subdivision that you're showing a home as an off duty police officer, right. They'll get an alert on their phone. They can be there. Wow. That'll be in the next release. Um, for us, the, you know, there's, we've, we've since found out there are other people out there in this industry that have, have, have launched. Um, we are the only one that is FCC approved. We actually work with the FCC. Um, we are what's considered a PSAP, so we're an emergency call center. There's nobody else out there like us. Hmm. So, because I've seen other like uh, you know, and I think yeah. it existed on colleges for a while, mm-hmm. some sort of app mm-hmm. that someone can text. But one thing I like about the FOB is that it's very obvious when you're doing something on your phone. Right. It's not right. obvious if you're, you know, a silent alert to the police. But yes. the other thing, the, yeah. the statistics show, you know, I talked to a lot of friends, you know, especially in Idaho. We're mm-hmm. very GOP. We're very uh, everybody carry a gun. Sure. Well, in an assault, I mean, your your odds of getting into your purse are extremely, extremely marginal. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like point something percent that you'll be able to get into your purse in an assault. Mm-hmm. An attacker is going to attack you from behind or they're going to they're going to hit you in the face. They're going to take you off of your game right out of the gate. You mm-hmm. can't get in your purse. Um, we interviewed... But you can put a fob on outside of your backpack. Right. right, right. It doesn't have to be on your keys. You we've, can be got, on your... we've got people carrying them on their lanyards for work. We've right. Got, we've got college students that have them on their backpacks. Yeah. Uh, we have a college student. She's a cheerleader at Boise State who came in from Phoenix. She now carries one. Her solution before, when we talked to her, uh, for walking the campus at night. So she'd leave the gym after practice late at night, heading back to the, you know, uh, mm-hmm. her room. And she told us that her solution was to have her phone set to 911 when she leaves and carry it in her pocket. And then she knew that she could just press send to send a 911. That was her solution. Mm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's that's horrendous. That's that's the university's. I mean, right. I asked her, what's the university's policy? How do they help you in a sexual assault? She's like, what are you talking about? Exactly. I said, there's there's no plan in place. She goes, we have to get to a blue call box on campus. Right. Right. These boxes. Right. Get to a blue call box. Right. And I'm like, well, you know, I've got two daughters. If that's the solution, I've got an issue. <laughs> But right. yeah, so now we have this device. So like you just said, it can be worn on a backpack. It can be worn, I mean, you can put it on your keychain. Uh, you mm-hmm. can have two of them. I have a, a friend, she has one on her keychain and she has one next to her bed. Mm-hmm. So that way late at night, if there's ever an emergency, she can trigger it right from the side of her bed. Um, and in my hope, uh, you know, my real hope here is that we get police en route and headed your, your direction as quickly as possible without the person who's committing the crime knowing that police are coming. Right. And how do you minimize the accidental call? This happens with cell phones too. Yeah, it does. You know, right. I mean, uh, there's a new iOS update on my on my phone, yeah. and I'm always lighting up the 911 feature by carrying my phone from downstairs or from upstairs downstairs. I get up in the morning, I walk downstairs to grab a cup of coffee, and I look down at my phone, and I'm about ready to send a 911 alert on my iPhone. So yes, <laughs> it's uh, it can be done easily now right. on a lot of different devices. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, we can't mitigate the risk in that. Uh, for us in that, you know, if you hold that button down, if you've got it in your purse and you accidentally press on it for four or five seconds, you can initiate a 911. If you look down at your phone, you've got a short window of time to cancel it. Okay. And then after that, the 911 engages. Right. Um, it's better actually to be safe. I would rather, I right. would rather we accidentally... Or we, or we send one, uh, and, and, and you needed it. Right. You know, uh, uh, of course. There's going to be that margin. The, yeah, yeah, the accidental pushes of. might happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm. Sounds like, you know, especially because it's a, almost like a data call. Almost. Right. You know, so it's a little bit different. 
It's data. It, police will call you. Yeah. I mean, if uh, they'll know if it's an emergency as well. Um, I have a friend in Nampa, and uh, she accidentally sent a 911. She thought she was showing a friend how to do it. I've accidentally done it. I, re- you know, I turn off the 911 feature in my app because I demo it all the time. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll leave it on, mm-hmm. not realizing. And I've accidentally sent a 911 alert and have police showing up at a house. Mm-hmm. That's on me. Yeah. Uh, but uh, a friend was showing it to another girlfriend in Nampa, and she had police show up. And like the police said, they said, we'd rather, we'd rather come than not come. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for me, I think, you know, in the situations, the ones that I know of so far that they've been used, uh, a friend of mine, uh, she's had a fob. She has a, she has a full blown stalker right now. Uh, Boise police are involved. They've mm-hmm. got, they've installed security systems in her home. She has off or not off duty, uh, uncovered police cars sitting down the street, unmarked. I mean, she's got a full blown deal and she actually had to use the fob when she left the house. She got one so that when she could leave the house and it worked, I mean, mm-hmm. alerted everybody that was in her, in her squad, police show, police showed up on scene, you know, and this is a poor woman that is currently being, you know, being stalked mm-hmm. by somebody. So, you know, for, for me, I think the uh, positives far outweigh the negatives Yeah, well, in like, sending an accidental alert. And then another thing I think, really, I think was really wise is how you guys uh, did the uh, like double click to record thing. Cause there's yeah. gonna be instances where- Absolutely. There's, you there, don't know where it's going yet. Right. But you're like, this is getting odd. Right. And right. so- Well, you know, yeah. uh, the, the day that we walked, we walked to Boise State's campus and we were doing Facebook live videos and we didn't tell the girls in advance. We just walked up on them. And, uh, you know, so they're, they're recording me walking the campus, talking with students on campus. And I walk right up to them and I just said, hey, Late at night, if I approached you like this right now, what would have, what would your instinct say? What would you have done? You know, and I'm like, okay, well, understand, you know, it can happen anytime. A creepy guy can approach you. Mm. Um, the beauty in this is, is if you double click that fob, you don't know who I am when I walk up to you and I start talking to you. But mm. if you're double clicking, I'm recording audio. You're already a little right. more prepared. Yeah. And if it does escalate, you've got something for the police and you have something for the courts. Um, you know, um, the statistics are one in four women will experience sexual assault in their life. Right. Right. Um, on a college campus, I think the numbers go from one and four to three and five or two and five on a college campus. So the numbers are even higher on a college campus. So, you know, unfortunately, there are statistics. Yeah. Of the statistics of the one and four that are sexually assaulted, um, of the guys they catch, so 11 to 16% are caught. Of the 11 to 16% that are caught, one in four actually go to court. And of those that go to court, the statistics are even lower for those that are actually charged. And the reason why is, is they have no data. They have a whole lot of he said, she said. Right. And in some situations, you know, if, you know, you know how judges work and, and lawyers work. They're, you got one battling for and you got one battling against. They'll find a way, if they can, to get their client off. So for us, the biggest thing for us and what we learned is we got to get as much data as we can of what just happened. And it's all in the audio. So we record audio. Um, we store it on a server. It can't be deleted. Um, friend of mine, um, she heads up a nonprofit foundation here in Boise. Uh, currently going through a divorce. And the husband that she loved her entire life that she, she swore would never be abusive with her, two nights ago was abusive with her. So I had to get a fob for her. So she's got a fob now. And it just it, it just hits me, you know, the more and more, you know, the, the further we go with this, just the value behind it. Because right. there's a lot of people I know that would never talk about what they're going through, but they have a need for it. Mm. And so at any rate, 
I guess the other big glaring factor in there is you just don't know when you're going to need it. Right. And hopefully you have one when you, when, when you do. So get as much data as we can, record as much of it as we can, yeah. and have, have police and the people you trust inbound as quickly as possible. Mm. That's, that's our goal. Okay. And you said this is you set this up through an app and you're on the right. So we're we're, we're uh, we've got an iOS and an Android app mm-hmm. currently for it. Um, again, protecting IP. We have some really cool things coming down the pipe. Yeah. That uh, and it's what called, changes. It's called Alert Squad. Alert Squad. Okay. So you can find us at alertsquad.net, yeah. or you can find us uh, Alert Squad in the, uh, the Apple stores. So um, and then you know you actually mentioned uh, before we went on air that you actually have. Uh, a friend of yours who was like, I want one and a man. Right, and, right. uh, and when you press them for why it was, comes down for health reasons, medical, right. Right. Medical. Yeah. So, right. Somebody's in a, yeah, I've got a buddy in California. His name's Eric. And, uh, he's had two heart attacks mm-hmm. and I didn't even know he had heart attacks, but, uh, he, um, when we first launched this, he messaged me and said, Hey, I want a fob. And I'm like, what do you need a fob for? I mean, he's basically my age, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's, well, couple years older. And uh, I said, what do you need a fob for? And he's like, really? He says, I've had two heart attacks. My second heart attack was in a client's parking lot where I laid in the parking lot for 45 minutes until they found me. He said, had I known, I could have had an emergency alert sent out immediately because I knew I was having a heart attack. Mm. He goes, I could have had, you know, metal head in my way. So I was like, oh my gosh, it makes sense. So for us, we're also, you know, as long as you have a cell phone, we're a mobile life alert. Yeah. Um, you know, life alert itself is something that's tied to your home phone system. You can't mm-hmm. leave the house with it. Mm-hmm. It just works inside your house. For us, we're mobile. Anywhere your cell phone goes, mm-hmm. we work. As long as you have a cellular or a Wi-Fi connection, we work. Cool. Well, let's go. Let's talk about, okay, you had this idea. Okay. You know, it was backup. You know, so you, you hear like, wow, this is an issue. You do mm-hmm. some invest, you do some homework. You're like, gosh, there's right. not a lot of solutions for this problem. Right. Um, how do you go from like idea to like programming an app right. and implementing it's it? It's crazy. So, right. Yeah. You know, um, I guess I should, go, I should go all the way back to two years ago when I came up with the idea for exact plus, I had a great idea. I didn't know what to do with it. I took my idea to a local company here in town, a company I absolutely love. I recommend them all the time still to clients, uh, to, or to potential customers. Uh, I tell people, who are in the tech industry, if they're looking for a fun company to work for, go knock on their door. But I took the idea to them. They were in the middle of a a big funding raise. You know, they were raising 15 million at the time. Just wasn't a project they were really wanting to entertain at the time. And so I sat on it for a couple of months until I met a a couple of people, uh, people who can help on the development side. And so we started Exact Plus. We, uh, it was all private seed money, my money, other investors' money, I think to date, you know, fast forward two years, there are seven of us that put money into this, just seed money. It took us almost two years using seed money to get to where we were. Very painful. I will tell you that uh, from that lesson, I learned raise all the money up front. Mm. Get it all up front. Um, you know, I know you wanted to do it by seed, Kev, but uh, go find an investor. Have all the money. A lot less heartache. You'll get your product out quicker. Um, with Alert Squad, I had an idea. And I knew I was going to need investor money for it. The first investor or the first potential investor that I talked to said yes. Hmm. I was like, what? I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not used to this. <laughs> right. I just I just battled for 18 months to, you know, get the last piece of funding I needed for my first app. And here we are now. I, I, I got a yes on the full funding, the full raise for this right out of the gate. Hmm. 
And literally, I went from an idea, sketched it out, built a pitch deck and financials, and less than a month, we were fully funded. Hmm. That first round of money was sitting in the bank account to start development. And to be, you know, to be 100% honest, I could not have done it without some key people. You know, my team, the folks that, 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 uh, that uh, help on the development side. Mm -hmm. But really, I couldn't have done it without my investor, a local gal here. And uh, I'll use her first name, I won't use her last name, but uh, Kristen. Kristen, you know, it, it spoke to her. And the reason why is Kristen is a survivor of sexual assault. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it resonated with her. She knew exactly that there, that this was the product she wanted to invest in and she wanted to be behind. Her heart's behind it. She gets it. Um, you know, I mean, the money was there. We launched a product and uh, uh, Kristen's just been instrumental in us getting there. So we've been very fortunate that uh, we raised all the money with the first investor we spoke to. So mm. it wasn't anywhere near as painful as it was the first time. The mm. first time has been, it's been tough to chew through it to finally get that product in the app store. Uh, the second one, it was for the most part, smooth sailing. We just, you know, from the moment we got the funding to launch, we learned a couple lessons along the way. Apple's a little more difficult to work with than Android. Mm -hmm. Android loves to have your apps in the app store. Apple really likes to make sure that they want you in the app store. So we went mm. through almost three months of being vetted by Apple before they actually put us in the store. So we were 90 days delayed on our launch on the Apple platform. You know, December, we were in the Android store. Um, March, we went live in the Apple store. So okay. some lessons learned, but the funding was there. So I went from an idea, crazy idea that I had, to being funded, to the product rolling, and to actually having it you know, live and working in about six to seven months. Yeah. Well, that's, that's really exciting. It's and crazy. Fast. And fast. It's, crazy. it's pretty fast, actually. Yeah. You know, um, I've got some amazing people behind me. Like I said, I've got Kristen, an amazing uh, founder, investor. And then I've got uh, an amazing, amazing partner and a gentleman named Rahul. Rahul is uh, our UX, UI guy. So when it comes to the design of software, you've got someone who takes those crazy ideas and spells that out, paints that story for the software guys who turn it in. So for him, he lays out the wireframes, he lays out the picture. So he, he makes the app look like what it's going to look like, gets the developers going. So he's the UX design behind it. Mm -hmm. uh, for Raul, Raul is, behind, you know, he's, you know, as a partner in our company, he's behind a lot of big names that are currently in the app store. I've uh, been telling folks that he's got close to 60 apps in the app store right now that he's the UX UI design. Um, you know, I, I'm not, I wouldn't hesitate to say some of them, um, you know, Pepsi is one, mm -hmm. um, uh, eBay, PayPal, Tesla, Raul is all over those. Oh, so well, sounds like you get some good very people, brilliant good guy. people on your team. Yeah, I've got some great, some great guys on the team. I will tell you that, uh, if I were to give advice to anybody about startups, surround yourself with people who are smarter than you are. Mm -hmm. And I've done a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's great advice. And you mentioned you got uh, more more coming, right? We do. We, you know, we're working on some new projects right now. Um, we uh, we'll, we'll be launching um, a new health and fitness app. Mm -hmm. uh, some local fitness guys here in town uh, own some gyms. Uh, uh, came to us with a, a fantastic idea, and so we're going to be building out our first health and fitness app. Uh, company uh, our app's going to be called Ionstruct. Mm. Uh, just the I. Mm -hmm. little play on everything else that's going out there right now. So I instruct, it'll be a great, a great app for uh, gyms, for uh, uh, personal trainers, and mm -hmm. as well as for their clients. Cool. So that's a new app we're working on right now. Uh, we have a, a fourth one that we're queuing up, a company called Social Fuse. 
It's a uh, social media fusion software for real estate. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, that's our fourth app. That one we'll pull the trigger on here in the next four to six weeks, and we'll start coding it. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be a fun little app that uh, we'll f- we'll first go after the real estate industry, and then after that we'll take that and we'll go after the mortgage industry, uh, property managers, the car industry. There's a lot we look to do with it. So that's the next right. one, and then we've got a couple more behind that, um, a music app. Cool. And uh, I find that even in my own businesses, once you kind of build the right team and mm-hmm. operations and structure. It allows you to scale into more projects. Absolutely. Absolutely. But until you figure that out, you're <laughs> right. just doing everything, uh, you know, right. off the cuff. Right. You don't have the right team, then you're always hitting bottlenecks. So, well, you know, if I, were, if I were to go back to our first days when we launched Exact Plus, it was just guys who had an idea. We, had, yeah. we put some money in, tried to scale and build a team. Um, a lot of lessons along the way on how to do it correctly moving forward. And, you know, so obviously we have some some very brilliant people behind alert squad, um, excluding myself. And if I look at the team that we built around it, some very brilliant people. Um, but as we move forward we started to scale this with new ideas, we knew that these are some other things that we would need. And so we've put into place the right people on the teams to help with operations and finances. That's not my strength, you know, so I've got people on board now to help with the operations and the finance. I've got people to help with project management, people to help with the marketing side. Um, you know, so for us, you know, we've put a lot of key people in place on the team to ensure that as these new projects come out, they hit the ground running, mm-hmm. they're smooth sailing, they don't have some of the pains that we have experienced over the last two years as we've launched a couple of companies. So we've really, uh, we've learned a lot on how to scale this and uh, how to make sure that it's successful out the door. Mm-hmm. Well. I've been speaking with Kevin Quinn. He's had a lot to say about uh, his a number of his uh, apps and his companies that he can, continues to push out. Um, to learn more information, we talked a lot about Alert Squad. You can go to alertsquad.net or find it um, at the Apple Store or in Google Play. Google yes, sir. Plus, yes, sir. Uh, um, or Google Play. And yeah, so amazing stuff. I'm Thank actually. You. Uh, Thank you. Uh, I saw you brought in some uh, fobs for us, right. um, so I'm going to be hooking up those to my daughters when I get you home. You should. You should. My daughters carry them. <laughs> yeah, um, because those it's a great idea, and Thank I'm you. glad that you Thank were you. able to find the right pieces to put together because we all know that great ideas are only really good ideas until somebody right. runs right. with them and figures it out how to implement them. Wow. Okay. Well, thanks again for coming into the well, speakeasy. I want to thank you. Thank yeah. you so much for giving us a voice. Hey. I mean, you know, for us, you know, it's it, we need to get our story out there, and uh, we're we're crawling right now. We're not running yet because mm-hmm. we're we're learning. We're, but that being said, I really appreciate you inviting us down to talk about you know what it is we have. We're pretty passionate about Alert Squad. Well, our other companies as well, but really passionate about this one because we just know the impact of what we have mm-hmm. with it. We've got some big names with fobs on them right now because they too understand i mean you know demi lovato has one mm-hmm. ellen has one oprah has one so for us i mean it's it's about putting them in the hands of our moms our sisters our daughters mm-hmm. our friends mm-hmm. and i thank you for giving us a platform to talk about it well that's what we try to do here appreciate speak easy to share those that. local stories that uh, they're out there there's lots of them but most of the times we we don't know anything about it until right. somebody shares their story right. thank you i appreciate that okay well thanks for coming in Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Okay, guys. We'll see you back next time. Take care.